This is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and you're listening to Project-Based Learning in Practice. Thank you for tuning in to PBO in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we interview top leaders in project-based learning to discuss best practices, share successes, failures, and learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on PBL. I'm also the founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college-bound students. Today, we're chatting with our guest, Ms. Charity Moran. Charity Moran Parsons is a math and science fanatic, a former geometry teacher. She has experience writing math and science curricula for schools and systems, as well as coaching New Tech High Schools and extensive district-level experience in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as a middle school math coach and elementary Title I coordinator. She's passionate about the power of PBL as an instructional strategy to empower and effectively educate all students, especially black males. As such, Charity founded IDoSchool.com, an educational consulting group dedicated to creating the think space necessary for teachers to be able to experience and create learning experiences that really connect to their students' lives. Serving as a national faculty member for the Buck Institute for Education, Charity always enjoys working with teachers across the country on their PBL journey. Let's welcome Charity to the show. Hi, Charity. Welcome to the show. Hi, Shayla. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, and I thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I have a lot to ask you, especially about this teacher think space. I think that is awesome and teachers need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So we heard a little bit about your background, but what else should our listeners know about you? Well, I love music festivals, and I love infusing songs into um, units and project ideas. Uh, first and foremost, though, I know we already kind of mentioned that I have this fond affic- affection for Black males, but I like to also um, kind of infuse the music uh, as a way to uh, connect with the students. That way, later mm-hmm. on, when it's time to push them hard, we have a, a rapport and, and a connection point. So I really love leveraging the music. Okay. Yeah. Well, what is the most, well, when you put that out there, we have to ask, what is the most interesting <laughs> unit name that you've come up with using like a current song or a song that's connected to your students? Oh, Bury Me in Gold. So that is the name of a song off of a Mississippi rapper who goes by the name of uh, Big Crit. Uh his most recent album has a song on it called bury me in gold. And we used that song most recently with a middle school social studies um, unit uh, around ancient Egypt. And so in the past, you know, when we talk about project-based learning, it's more, you know, main course versus dessert. So in the past, a dessert type project was one where at the end of the unit, the students designed various sarcophagi uh, for, mm-hmm. uh, after studying ancient Egypt. And so this time um, we leveraged the song Bury Me in Gold and kind of uh, mashed that up against this uh, exploration of like King Tutankhamun's uh, tomb and 
the way that, you know, the, the, the whole entire, uh, process of, you know, mummification took place Mm -hmm. and, and really just thinking about the notion of why would a people want to be buried with all of their jewels. And so it was really a a cool exploration. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. And how do you feel like the students took to that approach? Kind of Um, looking at that larger question. Well, I think, you know, we we were able to catch them with the, the rap song. So you open up a unit with a rap song and not to be cliche, but you have at least captured their attention. And so mm-hmm. in taking the lyrics um, of the song and getting students to really find and cite historical evidence, oh, yeah. so um, mm-hmm. really forcing them back into texts and documents and research and um that's how we infused some of that. I think they were really okay with it. Their their products ranged from photo essays to, um, um, you know, PowerPoints and like right. videos. One one group was kind of um, intrepid, I guess, and they they wanted to create an Instagram page, and so they gathered all of these mm. images of people around the neighborhood and in the community and on the internet, and it was it was a pretty cool. It was kind of like, you know, the um, people of New York conversations. Oh, yeah. Humans of New York conversation. Yeah. They, they mm-hmm. took an approach like that. So I I, I think we, I think it that's took cool. pretty well. <laughs> it, that's cool. And it sounds like the students had a lot of choice in how they presented it, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Charity, tell us a little bit about what brought you to project-based learning. Okay, so as a geometry teacher at Booker T. Washington High School in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, part of a turnaround uh, grant one year was for the school to develop into becoming a new tech high school, which is mm-hmm. a project-based learning, one-to-one student-to-technology technology ratio, um, very interdisciplinary way of uh implementing PBL and so Mm -hmm. in the midst of that turnaround I really fell in love with you know the first PBL experience and from designing that first unit on it's it's like it was just phenomenal the connections that we could make in a very fun and relevant way and Mm um once you go PBL you just don't go back so that's how I came to PBL (laughs) (laughs) you were bit by the PBL bug oh my god yes So, Charity, what would you describe as your PBL superpower? Definitely my PBL superpower would be creating these types of learning experiences that truly connect Black males to their community via the content instead of the other way around. So making sure that um, the learning that's occurring is really, you know, relevant and authentic. Um, And then I think connected to that sort of is helping teachers create those types of learning experiences and kind of think outside the box of possibility. Awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, if we're not really teaching the content, then what are we teaching when we're creating projects? Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can get lost. So I'm, I'm really glad you said that. So tell us a little bit about a breakthrough PBL moment. Mm. So there's a um oh there's this moment where um I was supporting a school in South Carolina for for project based learning and mm-hmm. a teacher was sharing with me her kind of an 
an aha moment when she realized that, you know, um, PBL was really powerful as an instructional strategy. And mm-hmm. she was, I, so first of all, I really love it when um, teachers have this sort of, yeah, but, or these kids can't type of a yeah. idea around PBL. And so she was telling me how it was kind of a, you know, I used to think this way about PBL and I, I never thought I could, you know, see these students, not ugh, these students, to see these students right. um, yeah. collaborating and, oh my God. And so um, she was telling me just kind of her, her aha moment about this one particular young student, young black male, who was just one of those quote unquote kids that you never thought would be able to do this type of stuff and experience mm-hmm. this type of learning. Um because of the level of independence and choice, essentially, is what she was saying. And so mm-hmm. the, the fellow walks right up to her. I cannot remember his name, little third grade guy. And he walks up and literally, in true, like, Dave Chappelle fashion, he says, y'all got any more of that PBL? I am so ready. <laughs> <laughs> and so just, as the teacher was sharing her breakthrough, for him to literally walk up and ask for more PBL was just wow. phenomenal. Phenomenal. That is so awesome. <laughs> Y'all got any more of that PBL? <laughs> like it's something you can just, you know, package and, and give out. But you know what? You, that That is really interesting. Um, And that's really funny. And, you know, you, you sort of kind of what you've come back to a few times in our conversation has been this need for connection with young black men, um, specifically in how PBL can be this vehicle. So tell us a little bit more about your experience in working specifically with young black men and really why, why this type of connection is so important. And maybe why is it that there is this doubt around working with this population and using um, such a high level of student voice and choice? Mm. So, oh, there's layers to that question. Because... I know, I know. Okay, okay. <laughs> we can just go on, on the first layer for right now. <laughs> okay. So I, I guess one of the, to, to just go straight to the root of it. Um, when yeah. we think about why is it that this demographic of students don't necessarily always receive the full benefit of these types of learning experiences, um, mm-hmm. a, a also thinking about what informs the perceptions of the students that we're talking about of black males in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, another component of it is, okay, so let's explore the ways that education of black males, the policing of black males as adults Mm -hmm. and really kind of digging into those deeply rooted you know, notions and saying, okay, so why do we perceive this way, this these this demographic of students, and then what informed that? And once we kind of unwrap what's informing those ideas, either by the teachers or the administration, then um, we can really start to unpack it and say, okay, well, let's debunk that, let's debunk that, you know, let's debunk these various misperceptions, and then let's move forward with information and knowing yeah. that, Now, the research says that when we're talking about educating black and brown males, that you want experiences to be everything that essentially describes a gold standard project-based learning or good, effective project-based learning. When I say that, I'm talking about things like authentic connections, (laughs) um, 
you know, to their community, being able to connect the content to specific people who look like them, Mm -hmm. who are in the community working with it, showing them relevant applications. So not just saying Pythagorean theorem is super important, but let's go and participate with Habitat for Humanity in our local neighborhood and build a house and show everywhere along the way where Pythagorean theorem is crucial to the building of this house. Um, So things like that you want to really consider. And then especially around the, the, and sort of connected to the think space that I like to provide teachers. So typically in schools that are high demographics of, you know, public schools with black males um, are, you know, title one schools. And then there are Mm -hmm. schools that are maybe under pressure to achieve certain school performance scores. So there's different mandates and multiple meetings throughout the course of the week. But where are we actually protecting the time for teachers to sit and really think thoroughly about potential misconceptions in instruction and how we might head them off and really like rehearsing and scripting lessons and practicing. And so that's Mm -hmm. the think space that I really think is necessary um, to fight Mm -hmm. for and protect in in the schools that educate not only everybody, but especially our black males, because when we're talking about, creating lessons for them and experiences we want to take special care knowing that all ships rise with the tide yeah yeah no absolutely and your comments make me think of so many things and you know I wonder well maybe you can just share with your company I do school.com which we'll get into a little bit later what would you do in that thing a group of teachers to start off that conversation about educating black and brown boys misconceptions how might you start off that conversation oh boy um it would really depend on the amount of time we have so yeah to be thorough we could do you know very in-depth book studies and read around certain literature pieces connected to let's say for instance if we're dealing with um targeted vocabulary lessons this week then I would definitely pull down um, an excerpt from either Dr. Lisa Delpit's research around um, the dynamics of power and language and language development. And just to have alongside the content and the data discussion to have this, you know, philosophical and consider this point of view type discussion to just inform the work that we'll be doing. Yeah. So, you know, kind of mashing the work up with this more, you know, intellectual approach super thought around the actual pedagogy and treating it as a true practice yeah Um, yeah no no in in the the of think space come in pairing the research with the pedagogical you know and the instructional strategies and you know the standards i think there does need to be a time for that um i want to ask what has been your most your moment Oh, boy. Most challenging is always almost hands down when um, when first encountering as a PBL coach the uh, the naysayer or the the yeah buts and the these kids can't. And um, mm-hmm. those can be some of the most challenging moments as a coach. Yeah. Um, and really, even as a teacher, 
a very enthusiastic first year PBL teacher I remember being and um hearing, Oh, they're not gonna do that. That's a bit ambitious and da 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 and and really just kinda figuring out I mean, I'm the type of person where you tell me I can't do something, then that's impetus <laughs> for me to make sure that I do do it. Right. And so just <laughs> encountering those moments and trying to maintain, you know, an, an, an honor and a respect for their point of view, but also uh, championing, champ, being a champion for the students, because these mm. these kids and the yeah, buts types of demographics, be it black males, be, be it, you know, language learners or, you know, students with learning, you know, disabilities, then. I want to be able to say, okay, so let's take all of the yeah buts and let's intentionally and strategically plan in advance for them. Right. Um, and so usually the most, my most challenging moments are around those types of situations for sure. Yeah. What tips do you have for PBL practitioners specifically related to your area of focus math? Cool. Um, so for math specifically, um, taking the time to really dive in and understand the conceptual connections is super imperative. Once, Mm -hmm. once I get uh, in the method of helping teachers really like see the conceptual connections between the content, all sorts of project ideas start to flourish. Like they bubble (laughs) up out of the sky uh, and, and, and readings and certain, you know, stories and movie clips come to mind. Once we start really digging into the content and unpacking those standards Um, For math, for sure. Um, Like I said, I'm a science freak. I love science. That's my (laughs) undergraduate experience. Oh, okay. So we can't just limit you to math. So, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead and tell us about math. (laughs) (laughs) um, But definitely with the science, especially with the new next-gen science standards that are kind of creeping out across the country, um, making sure that you take the time to understand the evidence statements and leveraging those because the le- the evidence statements and the connections that are given there to uh, reading and writing standards, as well as some of the math standards, um, those two really distill down in some really great project ideas that are anchored in the phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't forget about the mathematical practices and the science and engineering practices. Those are also a great way to, you know, pull mathematical practices and science practices into the history and into the ELA courses as well. Yes, absolutely. Those are some great tips and resources. Thanks, Charity. So as we begin to wrap up, I want to know, do you have any specific tips or organizational tools that have really helped you? Absolutely. Um, First and foremost, the project assessment map from um, the BIE.org website is my most important planning tool. Despite uh, where I go from that tool, either into lesson plans or calendaring or using mm-hmm. more of the Buck Institute's planning forms, I always start with that assessment map because it helps me to um, make sure before I really start mapping out deeply the instruction, it helps me to make sure that the product I have in mind is going to be standards aligned and that I have some sort of idea of ways to formatively assess along the way. And, mm-hmm. and usually no matter where I go from there in terms of planning that, that really helps because it turns into my rubrics, my checklists, mm-hmm. my exit slips, even in some cases. Yeah. So I really love the project assessment map. 
No, I agree. I think starting with, you know, what are going to be your assessments and beginning with the end in mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's definitely the way to go. So, Cherry, it has been a pleasure talking with you. And um, I want to know, how can our listeners keep up with you? Well, I am at I Do School on all things social media. You can email me at I Do School One at gmail.com and then visit I Do School.com to find out more about what makes us tick as an organization, as well as read some of our musings via the blog. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Charity, for being a guest. And we're going to have to have you back on to talk about a specific project I know you've done that has been really, really cool and awesome. And I'll let our listeners have a little bit of suspense there. But we may have a a, a double feature with Charity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Looking yeah. forward to it. Awesome. Okay. Have a great rest of your week. You too. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of PBL in Practice. Again, you can keep up with Charity and all the awesome work she's doing at IDoSchool.com and on all of your social media at IDoSchool. Follow me as well on Twitter at Stafford underscore Shayla. And definitely keep an ear out. We're going to be dropping our website, PBL in Practice, which will be coming to you in a few weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great one.